Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, it is International Women's Day, and Marvel has dropped a new series called Empower on Disney+. Also, we have reports that John Bernthal is going to be returning as Punisher for Daredevil Born Again. We're going to talk about that. All that and more of that we have no control over. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, good to talk to you, my friend. How are you? It's pretty awesome over here, sir. Dude, that's great. Why, why so awesome? Please, tell, tell oh, I just, I'm, I've decided that it's awesome, and so there that's it great. is. That's great. That's uh, great. Things are awesome here, too. Things are going well, but the only big caveat to that is the absence of Adderall anywhere in the world, and... Yeah. Uh, I'm I feeling kept it. thinking, yeah, you're feeling it too. I kept thinking, like, hey, you know what? I, I've been on it a while. Maybe I'll try a couple weeks of that and see how it goes. Like, maybe I don't need it as much. I've been doing my CPAP. I've been getting better sleep. I've been losing weight. Like, maybe I'll just like have a little more energy and not and have a little more focus. Nope. I do not. I do yeah. not. It turns out I actually do need the Adderall. <laughs> it turns out the Adderall is very important. Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of people in the audience are probably experiencing the same thing. There's Adderall shortages all over the place. And like, man, I, I just found myself in conversations being like, I can't follow what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, like literally <laughs> yeah. just like, my brain is not compute. Like, I don't remember what I said, what the last sentence I said was. So let's see how this podcasting thing goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. We have two uh, grown-ass men who are out of Adderall. We we're here on International Women's Day recording, and we don't have a woman with us. No, no, we don't. Uh, we're so good at planning. This episode's not dropping on International Women's Day. Oh yeah, so then it doesn't matter as long as we don't mention it. For International Women's Day, we're giving all the women the day off. That's what we're doing. You see? Yeah, yeah. We're 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 carrying the load today. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, we're just uh, yeah. The, the Adderall thing, I. I found I like I was listening to um was listening back to edit the um Last of Us coverage we're doing with Jay Sisson uh, from Commute the Podcast. Um and I found myself like like I was editing and I realized like, oh, I just said the same thing he said. Like he said it and then about three <laughs> minutes later I was like, Let me express the exact same idea. Did I hear him say it? Did I process it and then just spit it back out? Or did I just not listen? And I don't remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've slept since then. <laughs> so everybody, if you know, if you if you catch some weirdnesses on this episode, hopefully, hopefully it won't be too bad. Um, but let's uh, let's dive in. Um, we got a few news stories. Biggest news story is 
that uh, uh, biggest news story for the universe is that John Bernthal is returning as the Punisher, according to Hollywood Reporter. Hollywood Reporter says sources are telling Hollywood Reporter that he will be returning for Daredevil Born Again. That is amazing. It really, really is. Um, I cannot say enough about, like, he's one of my favorite characters from any of those Netflix series. Yep. His show was amazing. And I just, I, I love, like, we, we talk about it all the time. That episode where, the rooftop episode, uh, where Daredevil yep. and Punisher had that conversation. It was like episode two or three in uh, season two. See, it was episode two. I thought so. I thought so. Because they meet in episode one, and he drags him to the rooftop and, uh, you know, he, t- he duct tapes the gun to his hand and all that stuff. And he's like, you don't shoot me. I'm going to shoot him. Like, it's just, it's just such, it's like trolley problem on steroids it's, uh, with ammunition. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's so good. It's so ph- philosophical and interesting. And those, that conversation, we've literally like brought it up over and over and over as like an archetypical relationship on how MCU works best. And yep. I am so pumped to, that, that he's returning in a, in a show that's going to be putting him against Matt Murdock again. The Punisher character, while he is fun to watch, he works best, like you know, in in like emotional stakes or in uh, in you know, as far as like hero conflict, he works best against somebody who has such staunch, firm morals, like or somebody like uh, Matt Murdock. So, like having him come back for Born Again is like, you know, if they're going to be friends, enemies, frenemies, you know, antagonizing each other, getting getting in each other's way, like that's. I feel like those two are just the best for each other because Matt's trying to see the light in this, like could be a bad guy depending on your definition. And like Punisher's just fed up with the goody goody that Matt Murdock is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And not only fed up, I think they both are trying to justify their hard decisions by l- discrediting the other, you know, like Matt yep. Murdock, he needs Punisher to be wrong. You know what I mean? Because like he goes so hard to try to like be the man that he is and not kill. Like that's, yeah. that's the arc of the all, all three seasons. He's trying not to kill and Punisher standing there like, yeah, but I put him down and they're done. Yeah. It's, the old, it's the old Batman <laughs> Joker debate. Like, why doesn't he just kill him? And it's, it's like Matt Murdock needs for that to be an important thing that's happening. So he mm-hmm. needs for the Punisher to be wrong, and the Punisher needs Matt Murdock to be wrong to justify all the like terrible things he's done. You know, all the murder he's committing needs to be righteous for him to like be you know be the man that he is. Um, and like, yeah, it's 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 tough, man. It's such a great relationship, and I, I can't wait to see it on screen again. I love how like the only way that that Matt Murdock could possibly stop Punisher is to kill him, but he won't. And then Punisher, like he only, you know, he only targets bad guys. So when it comes to like Daredevil's getting in his way, he can't kill him because that goes against that code, right? Like that's the line. Mm-hmm. He won't kill the good guy. So they can't kill each other, but they can't really stop each other at the same time. So like, ah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I- I'm interested to see, where the relationship will be when they encounter each other again, because like, have they gone on? Have they had other adventures? Have they known each other since? Or did the, when he fired on those 
hand henchman on the rooftop? Is it the last time he's seen Punisher? You know, and if so, when they come back together, are they friends again? Are they like working together because they see each other's value? Or is it going to be like back to old, the old like rooftop relationship, you know? Yeah. And like, I guess there's another question of is all of that even canonical to uh, the MCU? Absolutely, it is. You know, we're not sure. Yeah. And, and uh, based on what we saw out of Matt Murdock in She Hulk, uh, is the show going to be different? Like, how different is the show going to be from what the from what the Netflix show was? Because, yeah, like the things that he did in She Hulk were a bit more fantastical than what he did in the Netflix series. They were. I mean, when he flips off that <laughs> flips off when he like jumps off <laughs> of that uh, parking garage and like flips down it. That was amazing. Yes, it's more fantastical, but it's also like Disney Plus money being invested into it instead of like yeah it being a gritty grounded thing it's definitely not out of the question for things like the avengers to do you know what i mean like even the human avengers so it's not so far out of the realm of possibility some of the things he does in she hulk but yeah it's uh it's weird it's weird uh the thing i'm more more worried about is yeah like you said is it canonical or is it and is it going to be tonally similar whether it's canonical or not are they going to keep the same gritty tone like before they came out with Moon Knight, I would have said, I'm not sure that Disney Plus has, you know, the the grit to make that sort of tone happen. Yeah. Right? I, you know, I, I think they're scared of it. But like having having watched Moon Knight last year, like, no, no, I think they got it. I trust them. <laughs> like, yeah, they are scared of it. For real, man. I, I think you're spot on there. Like, I, I we've had this conversation over the years and I don't know how we've had it since Moon Knight. But yeah, I feel like. After Moon Knight, Moon Knight went about as hard as Daredevil did. Um, I would say it, it did. It did a lot of the same sort of thing where like something very violent happened just off screen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it didn't happen. Well, I will say, Punisher uh, harming the guy with the mirror. Like nothing. Oh, God, I don't, I don't yeah. know that Disney Plus is ever going to go that hard. Yeah, like <laughs> Punisher turning a guy's face into hamburger with a shotgun. Yeah, in episode four. Like, I don't think that is going to happen on Disney Plus. But yeah, you know, and and the the <laughs> the Billy Russo jigsaw face of it all. Yeah, I I don't know that that's going <laughs> to right on Disney Plus. But if Ashley were here, I think she would disagree with me. But to me, there's a difference between the level of gore and the tone. You know what I mean? Fair. I can do without the gore. Like, it doesn't really bother me that there's no gore. It doesn't bother me if uh, Kingpin doesn't bash heads in uh, in the car door and you see brains sloughing out onto the pavement. Like, that's that doesn't bother me as much as if you just change the tonality of the character so much that he's not recognizable, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, that amount of brutality is really only going to be there and when the character is that tonally dark. Sure, sure. I guess I guess my point is you could have that tonal darkness without needing the gore necessarily. Right. Um the other thing the article said that is uh yeah, okay, I'll just say it this way. I, I saw a bunch of articles going around saying that Karen and Foggy will not return. Um it was in the sure. same report from Hollywood Reporter. Uh but if you read the actual report, they say Deborah Ann Wall and Eldon Henson are not expected to return. 
And their evidence for that is they're not on the roll call for the Marvel series yet. Um, it, but, but it just means they haven't been announced yet to me. Like, yeah, it's very possible that they will return and we just don't know yet is my point. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it's, it's been overblown by a lot of the like pick up the news and run with it sites um, as they are not returning. But if you look at the actual report, it's, it's a little more, a little more nuanced than that. That sounds like a, we got this covered saying like Deborah Ann Wolf <laughs> from her very own mouth, never returning. Well, the thing is like the, the article does say they are not expected to return. And so it's sure. like, you can quote that, like Hollywood Reporter says they are not expected to return. And that is true. It does say that. But if you look at it, it just says they're not on the call sheet or whatever. Like it doesn't right. actually mean they're not. It just means we don't know yet, basically. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's we don't yet expect them to return. Yeah, exactly. We can expect it later. Yeah, once we, we get more information. Yeah, for sure. So I am not ready to uh, throw in the towel and say that they're not returning yet. Um, the other big story we had today is that uh, a new original series uh, dropped on Disney Plus on the 8th, which when you're hearing this, it'll probably be yesterday. Um, but uh, uh, the original series is called M Power. M, the word in, the letter M and the word power. Uh, and like it is mutant power? <laughs> I wish. I wish. I think it means I think <laughs> it's supposed to be like just the word empower, but they're replacing oh, they're, it. Oh, they're empowering people. Uh, basically, it's discovering, it's something like discover how these female characters and women behind their success have impacted fans around the world. And it was for International Women's Day. Um, it's a four-part series. I don't know if it's, I'm assuming it's something they might continue. Um, maybe, maybe uh, I could even see it. I don't know if it's going to be an all-women uh, thing or if it could be empower and it could be about other minority groups or other representation in some way i don't know uh, but this this four episodes is the women of black panther um captain marvel scarlet witch and gamora are the four episodes and i watched about a half of the women of black panther before i got on this episode here and uh it's pretty great it's just you know behind the scenes it's kind of the actors and actresses talking about what these characters mean to them um and what the characters kind of mean for fans and stuff. So really, really oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it, it's neat. It's neat. I'm glad that they included uh, Scarlet Witch in there because, uh, you know, people like uh, like Ashley, you know, they need a, a strong witch to look up to. <laughs> Somebody willing to go dark. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm really interested to see Scarlet Witch episode because it is so, like, they've made her such a villain in the fi- final appearance. And the fact that they're still celebrating her as this powerful woman in the series, I don't know. I'm excited about it. <laughs> I think that's that's cool and kind of interesting, and uh, I, you almost don't expect it. So that that's neat. I'm 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 interested. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like they drop her just because she turned bad. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. we can't celebrate her anymore. She she killed people. Well, and you got. You know, a lot of times actor, actor, actress will tell you, you know, like, oh, my character's not evil. They're just, you know, they just are who they are. They like are they're following. They're just misunderstood. Their, yeah, well, they're following their incentives and they're following their mm-hmm. desire, their desires and motivations, and that's definitely true of her. Um, yep. I obviously think she crosses the line. Many disagree yeah. with me. Yeah. <laughs> Some of her actions are pretty over the line. Yeah, <laughs> like. Destroying multiple realities just to try to uh, to catch and kill a uh, a young teen girl like yeah that crosses a few lines like one or two 
Yeah, just one or two. Killing all the people at Carmitage, uh systematically to get information out of Wong. Like, you know, it's a uh, it feels pretty villainy to me. I don't I don't feel like there's much uh gray area for me. <laughs> it feels like she's over the line. But you know, uh intelligent people can disagree. <laughs> Thought, thoughtful <laughs> listeners may disagree with me. Yep, yep, yep. There's there's <laughs> always room for error. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say error. <laughs> no, no, my bad, my bad. There's always room for debate. Sure, sure. I guess. No, I'm just kidding. I just <laughs> I just think it's funny when everyone's like defending uh, Scarlet Witch or pretending that she didn't turn bad. She's just trying to find her kids. Yes, that's true. But it is at a, there's a point. There's a line. There's a point. And like <laughs> the two are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. The you know Goblin King also just wanted children. You know. <laughs> uh, doesn't mean he's not a villain. <laughs> oh man, I love the labyrinth pull. <laughs> <laughs> just like my brain ran through like looking for someone that also wanted children, <laughs> and that's what that's what it landed on. Oh man, that's funny. My my brain like scanned my Rolodex of villainous characters and came up with that bulge. <laughs> <laughs> Films that involved children. Uh Willow, no. Um um <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh you wanna read you wanna read some feedback, man? We got yeah. we got we got a few patrons sending feedback that yeah. was not Ant Man related, so we figured we'd do like like news get a little get a little reprieve from the Ant Man. We've been doing a lot of Ant Man coverage this last week or two because you know it's exciting but it did just come out yeah yeah but i figured we did we just to get all the non-ant-man stuff covered cool cool all right so first up we got andre sparks one of the patrons says hey guys just finished listening to the commentary track and i loved it hearing your thoughts as the show was happening was gold a few things i wonder if we are going to get an interstellar type scene in kang dynasty or secret wars will tva loki or sylvie see the beginning of the multiverse wars because they are outside of time. Secondly, since they're outside of the timeline, can you technically age? Lastly, I think a good movie to do commentary on would be Captain Marvel to get ready for Secret Invasion. And just for fun, commentary on Moon Knight. Keep up the good work, Andre. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. We just, uh, for those of you who don't know what we're ta- Andre's talking about, we did for the patrons our first, uh, our first, our, our first recent, uh, that's, that's a weird thing to say, yeah, our most recent episode of uh, that was patron exclusive was we did a Loki um, commentary track for the last episode of Loki in preparation for, or actually after Ant Man Quantumania, so that we could like kind of talk about the way that the movie informs that episode and vice versa. So that was a lot yeah. of fun. We got a lot of discussion about Kang, which you know is to be expected because he's kind of the the huge thing. You know, upcoming. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I think this is a really good idea to do a commentary track for um, Captain Marvel. We'll try to fit it in. We're planning to do commentary tracks for Guardians of the Galaxy one and two in preparation for part three, and sort of like talk about the the whole scope of the series. But uh, yeah, if they'll let us know when Secret Wars is dropping, we might be able to figure it out and have time. <laughs> yeah, Secret Invasion. Oh gosh, I keep saying that. I keep saying that. I do the same thing. I know it's bad. It's it's really <laughs> dumb that they're they've got two properties with secret in the title. Like yeah. still, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. don't forget the Secret Warriors. Well, but they're not planned for yet. That's fair. What about the Secret Secrets? Well, Secret Avengers is a thing, right? Yep. Secret Secrets. <laughs> that's, that's that's Colston's thing, right? Uh no, that's uh that's Fury's that would thing. Be Nick Fury. His yeah, secrets. His secrets. secrets have secrets. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So uh, Andre asked. Uh, also, will TV Loki and Sylvie see the beginning of the multiverse war uh, because they're outside the timeline? Uh, I think maybe we. Yeah, I think so. Like, I don't know how it'll manifest, but I think they will see it in some form in in Loki. It's weird, you know the 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 science behind how that all should work is a little. Wibbly wobbly, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, little Doctor Who. It seems that the Citadel at the end of time is outside of time, right? Like it's yeah, it's 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 separated from timelines, and you at that point, you should be able to just sit back and observe all of the timelines simultaneously, or all of the potential timelines simultaneously, you know, because the the branches started occurring. But like at that point you're just you see a, a a web of possibility and like there's so much that is happening or could be happening at any given time on that like you know in the the web of possibility that like it might be difficult to see where a multiversal war is starting yeah and i think like I think incursions will become a serious problem because they keep bringing up incursions, and so I think that like there's going to be problems with because of all this crossover of the multiverse. Uh, I think there's going to be problems where certain universes are being destroyed by other universes, and Kangs are going to be warring over the protecting their own universes, things like that. Um, and so, like I, I think we will absolutely see the multiversal war. I don't know if they'll see it because they're outside of the timeline. I think it's likely they'll see it because they're visiting all parts of the timeline. You know, they're going to be like jumping all over the multiverse. I, I have a feeling the new TVA will be doing more than just keeping that hit the one timeline because they're looking at this branching timeline and letting them go at the end of the show. So I have a feeling they're going to be like multiverse hopping. We'll really get a like sense of how the different multiverses are, or different universes are interacting, I guess. Yeah. That's so cool, man. <laughs> it's so exciting. <laughs> the the possibility there like the the amount of possibility with that is staggering yeah for sure oh and to answer andre's other question uh do they age what do you think do they age i'm going to say no because uh that guy he who remains said mm. he's lived a long long time that guy who remains yeah that guy who's left well uh, yeah he said he's lived a long time we also know that mobius Keeps getting reset. Um, although it seems that Sylvie has aged, but has she aged because she's been hanging out in uh, Armageddon or Apocalypses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She grew up in Apocalypses. Like, right. She lived on the timeline or in the timeline and therefore aged. Right. And also, I just had to say, like, uh, how, how do we know aging works? Age is when time is sent through you. Yeah. <laughs> Just as we learned in Endgame. So if you're outside of time and time is not going through you, by that logic, 
I feel like you don't uh, age. You don't age. <laughs> Hashtag that's how you live forever. <laughs> you know, there's like, I don't know. There's those things like for Trump where they're like, hey, uh, there's a tweet for everything. The MCU is just so big now that like, can you age outside of time? Like, nope. Bruce Banner said you age because time's moving through you. There, you know. It's just there's just a MCU like moment for everything like to yeah, support there's an MCU scientist moment for everything yeah. and like to support almost every argument too like you could probably find uh, all kinds of like arguments in it yeah I love it <laughs> love it so much time travel yeah up next we got Walter Kreisky the third who is our uh, our singular Illuminati member on our <gasps> Patreon Walter you rock thank you thank you Walter. Uh, Walter says, so there I am. I finally have a day off. Watching Creed. The third movie, not the band. The amount of people who asked me that when I told them what I was doing. (laughs) I know, but I was raised on Rocky. Anyhow. Before it, this trailer plays, and it's got David Dasmalgian, the voice of Veb, and most importantly, Kurt, in Ant-Man 1 and 2. It's a horror movie called The Boogeyman. (laughs) And out loud, I go... Is this the fucking Baba Yaga? And then I realized it wasn't in a Marvel movie. <laughs> That's really funny that uh, <laughs> Kurt is in a movie called The Boogeyman after he's been <laughs> talking about Baba Yaga all this time. It's great. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Um, and also, I've been rewatching uh, all. Uh, we we did it for Binger's Assemble. We watched all the Rocky movies and all the Creed movies, and we're. I, I went to see Creed three today. How was it? Um, amazing, amazing. Uh, it's it's uh, Michael B. Jordan's first directorial debut. First direct. It's his directorial debut. Is what I mean to say. Yeah. Um, and it's just amazing. He's a killer director. Michael B. Jordan has aged into that role in a way that, like, he is Apollo Creed now. Like, he just has aged into it. The character has developed and grown. Where like he's about the same age that Apollo Creed was in the first Rocky movie, and it just feels he feels so much like his son. Like it is uncanny. Cool. And and there's a there's a line in the first one where uh, Tessa Thompson looks at him and says, "You do look like him, though." Uh, talk when she <gasps> when she realizes he's uh, Apollo Creed's son. Yeah, partially just the muscle mass having grown so much, and like he's just gotten bigger, but also he's aged and he's just he's a father, and like it just like has this fatherly look to him. Like his facial, his facial shape has changed and grown. Like he just looks so much like Apollo Creed in that movie and acts so much more like Apollo Creed. It just made me like really giddy at the, like we, we all watch the MCU partially because we like Canon. We like these strong cannons. I don't know if there's a tighter Canon than the Rocky movies. I really don't like the, the Rocky movies are <laughs> tight as hell. There's like little bitty connections to like the first Rocky like in every, like all of the Rockies, like in all of these movies, like relatives of this character or this guy comes back in the fourth one, then comes back in the Creed, and then it's just so good. Uh, Rocky Six, it. Rocky Six, there's like a fighter that he's letting eat at his restaurant for free, and it's like the fighter that he was fighting in the first Rocky, in the first scene of the first Rocky, when he's just like a down on his luck fighter who doesn't, who who is just fighting like really low fights. It's like right. that guy is eating in the restaurant for free, and it's like a little, little, there's a little, it's just little things like that just peppered throughout the whole universe. And now it's up to nine movies in the, that universe. And it's just like, man, they, 
they've done it, man. They made they made their own little Rocky universe. <laughs> so when are you starting the uh, the Rocky Verse podcast? I mean, we did it <laughs> on Avengers <laughs> Assemble. <laughs> kind of did uh, the pilot on Avengers yeah, Assemble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they, if they start coming out with three movies a year and a bunch of series, I will absolutely do a Rocky un- Cinematic Universe podcast. <laughs> that would be like <laughs> boxing as like a sport would have to just take not to not to pun too hard, but like would have to get a real upswing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. It'd be a lot of boxing. That is the one problem with that series is it's like. It's all going to culminate in a fight, and they're either going to win or lose. Like, there's only so many versions of that you can do, and so yeah. they start to really echo each other after a while. And sometimes the series embraces that and sort of like plays on itself, and other times it just feels like it's repetitive. I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's interesting. <laughs> I, I love it though. Like the whole series is good, except for Rocky Five. Rocky Five is an abomination. Uh, moving on. <laughs> All right, Chris Hedlund, our uh, one of our patrons, says, I think Loki from the D-plus show needs to be the hidden hero of Secret Wars, where he meets our Thor and love, and I will cry when Uncle Loki picks up the hammer, finally gets the chance to be worthy. Dude. Dude. Chris. Yeah. What a great idea for the end of Loki's story. He gets to pick up the hammer, even for a second, to, like, defend his niece. Oh, that's really good. It's really yep. good, Chris. <laughs> yep, he gets to pick up the hammer to defend his niece. He's worthy in that moment. Thor sees that happen, and you know what happens? Loki gets killed. <laughs> by Coulson, by a multiverse Coulson, spear through the back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> That's so rude. No, I mean, like it's 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 Loki's thing, right? Is to die while, or you know, die in quotes while Thor is watching, and and make Thor go through that whole like, oh no, my brother. Yeah, that is that is a thing. That is a big thing that he does. <laughs> oh man! So for him to get that redemption moment, yeah, and then no, I do think that's very it's pretty likely. I don't because I don't think he's gonna like return to the MCU proper. And like be in all the Thor movies again, you know that would be weird. After he's like a multiverse hopping TVA agent, you know, like he yeah. And who if he doesn't age and he gets like, how long will he have been in the TVA defending the timeline, you know? Uh, and then like he like, just the idea of Loki choosing not to go back to his life where he's like trying to be a part of the world and like and rule it really. Um, and I just need to rule it. <laughs> The world's a mess and just need to rule it. <laughs> That's a Dr. Horrible sing-along blog reference, everybody. Um, <laughs> great, great thing. Check it out. I think it's all on YouTube. Anyway. <laughs> Laundry day. See you there. Under <laughs> things. Tumbling. Want to say, love your hair. Here I go. Mumbling. Um, okay. Uh, go, go watch Dr. Horrible Singalong vlog, everybody. I think that's all we got. <laughs> Is that the takeaway that we got? Yeah, I think that's the takeaway. Like, before you put on Empower, take a good little hour and a half of your day. It's only like 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Take a good hour and a half of your day and watch it twice. It was originally released as three 15-minute chapters, and that's, that's all it is, the little 45-minute deal. 
Um, there, there, there. Over the years, have been talks of a of a redo of like a you know sequel, but they never. It's a full on uh musical, uh from Joss Whedon, um and yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> and uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Nathan Fillion as the main characters, and and Felicia Day, your friend Felicia Day. Yeah, my best friend Felicia Day, friend of the Jeff, <laughs> Felicia Day. <laughs> You know, you'll say friend of the cast, <laughs> friend of the gym. yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah! I got to play steampunk douchebag this weekend. What? Like, I got to play it live. It's live to an audience. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we did a garage gig in Atlanta this weekend, and so we played uh, we played a full full band version of steampunk douchebag right uh, right on uh, in Atlanta at a, an event called Marietta the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> um, which yeah, great great name for a thing. I like it a lot. Oh wow, that's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you uh, want to be part of the Patreon, all three of these folks have sent in these feedbacks for patrons, um, and we've got uh, we've got really cool commentary tracks coming. We've got blooper episodes that I'm building up in a blooper file. One of them I just now cut out of this episode. Um, <laughs> and uh, you, can find, uh, you can find all that on uh, our uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash mcucast. Um, and uh, we're about to do our first um, raffle to give away for our um, Avengers level patrons. So check it out, patreon.com slash mcucast. There's like a $5 tier and you get all the... Uh, uh, special episodes and things. I hope you guys will uh, join us over there. And we'll be back soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And a special thanks to all of our subscribers at patreon.com slash mcucast. You make this show possible. A big shout out to our brand new first ever Illuminati tier patron, Walter Kreisky III. Thank you, sir. If you want to find all of our fine Stranded Panda podcasts, go to strandedpanda.com. And for a video version, check out youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you want to take part in our live streams, go to twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.